0: God is sovereign in this election. Now, what does that mean? And how does His sovereignty change the way I look at what is going on today? God is in control. We know that from Scripture. At the same time, our votes count. You and I have an opportunity to choose the people who will represent us and help govern. So how does all that work together? We'll tackle that weighty topic on this election day, and my hope is... Especially if you are nervous or maybe a little weary today, that our conversation will encourage you. It will be like a cool glass of lemonade on a hot day. Dr. Ray Pritchard's going to join us. Let's get started. Thanks to Ron kind of hate doing all things technical. Trisha's is back. Trisha is our producer. Clara Gorn will be answering your calls today. Uh, email of the day from yesterday was from Cindy. We were talking about loving beyond the ballot box. And Cindy said, my neighbor and I have... Opposite political views, we stand socially distant across the hydrangeas from each other, and thrash out our polarized viewpoints at least once a week. But we always part with affirmations of love and Christian brother/slash sisterhood. And today, we're having bagels after work. <laughs> I love that. I wrote her back. She said, sounds good to me. Like that. I like that. Bagel with somebody who's voting differently than you. And uh, at the end of the program, I I made a note to to do this and I forgot uh, to thank those of you who called yesterday for staying right on the topic of how do we make this happen? How do we move forward together? You renewed my faith uh, in you for getting what we were trying to accomplish on the program today. But there was a call near the end of the program, uh, a fellow whose son, he said, he's voting differently than me. And dad said that he said to his son, he said something like, It doesn't matter how you vote because God is in control and he will have the person in office regardless of what we do. God controls everything. And he, he, when he said that, I knew we'd be talking about this today. And I said, Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but. If, if that's the definition of sovereignty, then it can lead to a fatalistic view that why vote at all? You know, if God's going to do what he's going to do, why vote at all? If God's going to do what he's going to do, if he's going to save who's going to save, then I don't need to share the gospel. And yet he's entrusted that to you and I are those who are Christ followers are given that message of reckon. We're ambassadors for him. Why would he make us ambassadors for him if it wasn't important for us to do what we've been called to do? So I want to take today's program and just ask that question. What in the world? When we talk about what the Bible says about God's sovereignty, what does that mean? And what is the, 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 the uh, biblical viewpoint of that? And can a belief in sovereignty bring peace and comfort and confidence to your heart and mind today, in spite of what happens? Either we learn tonight or three weeks from now or somewhere in between. The person I've tapped to come alongside us is president of Keep Believing Ministries, Dr. Ray Pritchard. He's ministered, ministered around the world. He joins us at the Back Fence periodically
1: here. Dr. Pritchard, how in the world are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. Good to be with you on this very exciting election day. You know, Chris, before this day is over, I think it's going to be fair to say more Americans will have voted just in total in this election than in any election in American history. That's a good credit to the people of America and Mm -hmm. to the power of democracy. So, you know, the sun is shining here in the Kansas City area, and uh, I'm doing great. It's in the 90s in Tucson today. So, man, it's it, it, swimsuit you, weather, yeah, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can vote in your swimsuit if you want to. And I hope it's wherever you are today that uh, the, the the I think the numbers have gone higher because of that early voting, you know, the early right, ability right. to vote. And so that and, and and the the numbers are increasing because I think people, whichever side of the fence, They see this, it's really important that we elect people who will represent what we want, and we don't know where
1: that's going to go, right? Well, there is a sense uh, in which people, whether you're a politician or not, or a news person or not, just generally, we all understand the nation has come to some kind of crossroads. This year, 2020, Chris, could it be Okay. We're not to the end of 2020 yet and so much impossibly unexpected stuff starting with the COVID and everything that flowed right. out of that. So it, it just figures that in this year there would be unbelievable interest, concern, m- billions of dollars spent to influence the outcome of the election. And as you and I are sitting here talking, I mean, neither one of us know how it's going to come out. And as you said, Maybe we'll know tonight. Maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe not for three weeks. I can't remember. I, I can't remember anything similar to this in my lifetime. So what? Uh, what? To me, a great day. A great day for America. I'm glad that so many people are are exercising their right to go to the to you know to go and vote. And by the way, Chris, let me just say this, and I'll stop. Any of our listeners, if you have not voted. Stick around for this program. Yes. But when, but get in your car and go. Get in your car and go. Don't don't miss the opportunity to let your voice be heard.
0: Yeah, and I here's the other thing that I I, I hear this sentiment. You know, vote, 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 vote. vote. Uh, I I think voting is really important. I think you ought to use your civic responsibility to do that. But there's a there's an other part of the equation, and that is get familiar with. What you think is really important and the candidates who are I think that we ought to vote intelligently rather than, well, my mom told me to do this or my my brother said this. And so I think I'm going to vote or I like them. Their smile. <laughs> you, right. know, you can vote unintelligently. And, and and so I think there is a double responsibility to actually do the voting, but do the due diligence as you head to
1: the polls. What well, do you think. Certainly that, that applies at the upper levels of the ballot. You know, we've, we've heard so much about the president and the Senate and the Congress. And then you get down to the state level. Now, when I voted yesterday, uh, Marlene and I went to early, early voting here in the Kansas City area. And we got there. We got early for early voting and there were hundreds of people there. It's unbelievable how long the lines were yesterday. And I got to confess, Chris, I voted as much as I could. I finally came down to some names I didn't recognize, and I just, you know, I voted for one or two, but I, I just left the rest of it blank because some of it, you, I don't know who should be on the water control board, to be clear about <laughs> okay. that. I'm just not clear about that water control situation, so we, we all, to an extent, we, we have to study, we have to pray, then you go and vote, and you know, maybe this brings us back Full circle to the, the, the comments that were made yesterday that you were talking about is how, how should you feel about it at the end? I think you should feel good, and you should rest easy, and we should say God is going to work out his purpose one way or the other. And not just at the presidential level, but if we believe in the sovereignty of God, Chris, aren't we really saying – God's got something in mind for the water control board and all those, <laughs> stuff, right? Isn't, doesn't that that's have good. To, doesn't That's good. Doesn't that have to follow? That's very good.
0: A dog catcher and, you know, all that. And, and those are important. See, I think school board is probably the mo- one of the most oh, yes. important things, yes, you know? Yes, absolutely. That's going, but we, we don't think, of, oh, it's only well, the presidential or the Senate or the right. House. Right. And, and it's all important. It's all important to God. It should be important to us as well. Uh, Let me start the program then with you and this sovereignty issue with a call that came in after the program yesterday. I want you to listen to this.
2: With the election, we have good and bad on each side of the fence, and we all have issues or views that we take very dear to our hearts. But really my biblical breakdown falls to when Pilate was talking to Jesus and said, do you not know I have the authority either set you free or kill you. And Jesus replies to him, the only authority you have is what's been given to you from my Father. And really, isn't that what it is? It's, we do not have anything, any authority, any person, no matter what social rank or elected office title, we have nothing that, that God has not put us in, and he's going to use it for his will. Whether we are of evil, and he allows that to happen, to, like with Pharaoh, to bring it about to show his glory, or that we are one of his children, which we are to testify to his glory and how he interacts in our life. But through all of it, what a chance we have to testify to Jesus's salvation on the cross and that God has a plan for us, and all we have to do is repent, surrender, and believe, and we're his.
0: There is one person who called yesterday. I'm going to take a break. We'll come back. Ray, I want you to comment on that and how that fits in with your view of sovereignty. And here's our number, 877-548-3675. God's sovereignty and the election. Do you feel anxiety or peace today? Let's talk about it straight ahead. Does believing in the sovereignty of God mean you won't get depressed or anxious at some point today or as the polls close and the information becomes available? Does sovereignty mean I'm not going to rejoice too much or gloat if my candidate wins or whatever election it is? Do you, does sovereignty, does trusting in God's sovereignty bring a peace and a comfort to your heart that transcends all of these things. We're talking with Dr. Ray Pritchard. Go to the website. You can find out more about him and Keep Believing Ministries. And Anchor for the Soul is a book that Ray has written. They're easily accessible, and you can find out more about it at chrisfabrylive.org. But the call just before the, uh, the break there, Ray, uh, talking about... Jesus saying, you you have no authority over me other than that which God has given
1: you. Unpack that as far as sovereignty goes. Well, Pilate had said to Jesus, don't you know, uh, don't you know, I'm paraphrasing you, don't you know I hold your life in my hands, have authority to do whatever I want with you. And on a human level, of course, that was true. And Jesus says, you don't have any authority except, except that which my Father has given to you. That was Pilate, right? Human level? Sure. He was speaking as a man. Jesus was speaking as the Son of God. And those those are two sides, really, of the same coin that go together, that God is working in, with, and through, and sometimes in spite of our decisions to accomplish his will in the world. So we ask ourselves some questions on this election day. Does it matter how we vote? Well, yes, it does. God, he sets up one person and he brings down another. But the way in which he does it, at least in America at this moment in history, is through our votes. So when you go, you are exercising a God-given right and privilege. And when we bring the sovereignty of God into it, what we're saying is, let me, let me put it as clearly as I can. Um, if Mr. Trump should win, our God reigns. If Mr. Biden should win, our God reigns. If the world turns upside down and Kanye West wins somehow, (laughs) our God (laughs) reigns. So what we're saying is that the God who gave us Richard Nixon gave us Ronald Reagan gave us Bill Clinton, gave us George W. Bush, gave us Barack Obama, gave us Donald Trump, and we wait to see what will come from the hand of the Lord in this election. But God has ordained to work through our choices as Americans to accomplish his will for us. So that's why I think voting... I know some people say, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. If you really believe that, you wouldn't pray, you wouldn't go to church, you wouldn't give, you wouldn't witness. Why would you get out of bed in the morning if you thought that your actions didn't matter? God's sovereignty is the very reason we do what we do, because God has ordained not just the ends, but the means. And we are part of God's means. How is the world going to hear Unless somebody is sent, somebody prays, and somebody goes, so I don't see any dichotomy between a high belief in the sovereignty of God and doing my part by going out and voting my convictions. I think maybe Chris, the real point is um let me say it this way we're just <laughs> we're covering a lot of ground here, but let's say it this way: uh, every election we have here in America. About half the people are disappointed, right? Right. So assuming we have a decision and about half the people in America are going to be really deeply frustrated whenever that comes down, that's a real test of our faith. Now, I voted for the man I'm for. I hope he wins. But if not, then it is incumbent upon me to reaffirm my faith in God and say, my God reigns. He is working out his plan, and I'm going to continue to trust him. Yes, I'll be disappointed, but I don't intend to walk away from my Christian faith if the person I voted for doesn't win today. I think of the uh, the line
0: in the musical Les Miserables when they're standing on the barricade, you know, and they're, uh-huh. they're ready for this big change that – Comes to cataclysm <laughs> at least for <laughs> for them uh tomorrow we'll discover what our God in heaven has in store one more day, one day more, and it's this you know the the ending of of Act one and and then, and so there 's this great big thing happening, and then, in the middle of all that there 's this little thing there 's little gavroche and there 's little uh, uh Cosette and falling in right. love with marius and there 's you see all of these interconnecting things and I th- I wonder if that 's not why we don 't uh part of what reason we don 't understand sovereignty is that there is so much happening at once there is all of this is going on in the, in a complex system that God is ordering and one of the reasons why we don't understand it is because of that complexity we can we can only keep in our mind two or three things and I'm projecting now cuz that's all I can do i could just keep two or three things in my mind at one time and when it doesn't happen the way i think it ought to happen it's like well did god not see that and i and i come to the end of myself that I cannot understand, I don't have the mind of God in this, and
1: that means I need to trust him all the more. What do you think of that Well, that's exactly right, and it reminds me of the, the the comment that John Piper has made on more than one occasion that any was not talking about politics, he're just talking about how God works in your life and mine. he says at any given moment, God may be doing. 10,000 different things in my life, of which I'm only dimly aware of maybe two or three. Yes. Okay, that's a mind-blowing thing to say, but he's right. We All of us, we see through a glass darkly, or maybe better, we're like little kids looking through the keyhole, and we just see through the keyhole just a tiny sliver of God's purposes, and we go, oh, I see everything God's doing. No, you just see a sliver of a sliver of a sliver It would blow your mind if you could see what God's greater purpose is. And I think this is where the doctrine of God's sovereignty is a great comfort to the soul. He actually is on the throne of the universe. And I know a lot of people who in the middle of this day, this election day, are nervous and wringing their hands. But I know someone who is calmly seated on the throne in heaven, and that's Almighty God. He's got this. Friends, our God has got this. I remind you of Isaiah 6-1. In the day that King, in the year that King Uzziah died. Remember, Uzziah was one of the great kings. He was a good man, a godly man, loved the Lord. And his death was a, it was a heavy blow that such a godly man should die. And Isaiah 6-1 says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on his throne. As if to say, it's not as if God was up in heaven wringing his hands. Oh, no, eyes did? Who are we going to get? What's going to happen now? No. There is no, and they're not worried about the, they're not worried about <laughs> Which way Pennsylvania is going to vote up in heaven, right? okay? They're not yes. worried about the returns from Miami-Dade and Broward County and and, and, and how Arizona's going to go. There is perfect peace, peace and calm. In heaven, they're calm. Mm. Our God is calm. He's in See,
0: control. I heard that the other day. I uh, was watching the last game, the last half inning of the World Series, and uh, – I'd even forgotten that we had one, you know, because right. it was, you know, it's not it's off the radar. It's just a strange
1: year, yes.
0: But the uh, – I think it was Joe Buck that mentioned someone who had passed away, uh, a great announcer, and – Said, I bet he's looking down right now on us, which is a familiar thing. And I, sure. I don't want to, you know, I, sure. I, I don't want to criticize anybody for this, but, but when I heard that, I thought I stopped and thought as the inning ended and, you know, everybody celebrated and they shouldn't have because a couple of them had COVID. Uh, as they were <laughs> celebrating, yeah. I thought, you know, if I think that's we say that kind of thing. Because we think everything down here is so important and oh, that loved one that is no longer with us is missing out on this and I hope he or she is watching this. I think we say that as with a misunderstanding of what heaven really is like. Because if, if what the Bible says about heaven is really, it's really like what it, the Bible says, then the, the last thing that the person who has gone on to glory is going to be concerned about or thinking about is the world. <laughs> the world series it's like the glory you are you are witnessing the creator of the universe the 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 king of kings and lord of lords you are in his presence and you're not thinking about you know talk about that
1: okay yesterday i was pondering the very point that you're raising in light of this election and i don't know why but these words of jesus came into my mind let not your heart be troubled always good but boy we really need it now and remember that's john 14 that's the upper room that's the night before the crucifixion when jesus said let not your heart be troubled in 12 hours he was going to be hanging on a cross what's interesting to me is that jesus what jesus doesn't do he doesn't say now guys to I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be thrown in, you know, then I'm going to be tried here, tried there. They're going to nail me on the cross, and then one thief's going to believe, one thief's not going to believe. He didn't lay out all the stuff that was going to happen. What's interesting to me is that Jesus, knowing knowing what was going to happen to him, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are, as the King James says, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again. What did Jesus do? He didn't talk about the affairs of tomorrow as momentous as they would be. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And he pointed his disciples to heaven, to heaven. I don't know who's going to win this election. I know how I voted. I don't know how it's going to come out. But I will say this. We would all do better in these trying times to lift up our eyes from the things of the earth. How does that go? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Jesus, Look full in his wonderful Wonderful
0: face. face,
1: And the things of earth, including the election returns, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So that encouraged me. If we get an eternal perspective, we can sleep well tonight and then get up tomorrow morning and face whatever the day brings. And that doesn't mean that the things of earth aren't important. It means
0: that in comparison to the glory of God, they take lesser, they they don't have the hold. And I think that's one of the questions that I had for you here today that I wanted to to kind of chew on is, if I am so wrapped up in the election and I see, you know, the, the candidate or... President, Senate, House, and whatever. If I see that as the answer to the problems that I see out there—a red answer or a blue answer—then I'm and I'm really disappointed, you know, or really elated uh, at the end of the day. Then I I don't have a proper. Order of importance of the of his sovereignty and what is really going on and what is really important and I don't say that to smack anybody you know if you're too wrapped up in the election I I say it to my own heart because it's
1: so easy to do isn't it Well look we've been revved up we our emotions have been manipulated by the big media companies and by the billions of dollars that have been spent I mean on, on all sides. They've been, they've been stirring up the country to a fever pitch. So it's understandable that we're all a little bit on edge. But uh, I remember I read this somewhere, and it, it just makes sense to me. Christians ought to be the calmest people on earth because we know the Lord, and he holds the future in his hands. So I say, stay up and watch the returns and stay up late. It's going to be a long show tonight. It doesn't matter. Don't lose your spiritual equilibrium. We know the Lord. He holds the future in his hands. Yes, and you can trust him.
0: Uh, you sent me a, a number of verses, and I'm going to go through those, and I'm going to open the phone lines, too, if you have a comment about God's sovereignty. If you think we're not uh, representing it well here and you want to add a verse that you'd like to throw out there, eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. 8775483675 a friend of mine Rod Dreier uh just came out with a new book and I'm hoping to have him on here in not too long from now but he quoted Psalm 146:3 today put not your trust in princes and he wrote my hope is in my God who remains sovereign no matter what follies and passions rule us I find hope in knowing that whatever happens to us, as long as we align ourselves with him and with his righteousness, then we will prevail. Now, what that looks like, though, may be different than what I hope it will look like. So if the election dashes your hope for the future, is your hope really misplaced? We're dealing with that with Ray Pritchard. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. This month, I'm going to be quoting from a book, the same book that caused Elizabeth Elliott to say, This plainly shows us ordinary folks what it means to know God. Billy Graham said, The book deals with profound and spiritual truths in a practical and highly readable way. They were talking about J.I. Packer's Knowing God. We lost him in July of this year, and in celebration of his life and his writing, I want to send you a copy of Knowing God. Maybe you read it a long time ago. The book's been around for forty years. Uh, that's why all of these people have have talked about. It. Even Michael Card. Michael Card says there isn't a song I've written that hasn't been impacted by the point of view in this book. So if you've never read it, I'd love for you to I'd love to put it in your hands. And the way we do that is you become a back fence friend. Give a gift of any size. We had a great start yesterday with people saying, I want to get knowing God. I guarantee you, you're going to underline it. You're going to dog ear it. 866-953-2279, 866-95-FABRY. Would you support what we do at the back fence? Or go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, see how you can become a back fence friend. Today, we'll send you knowing God gracefabrylive.org. Dr. Ray Pritchard is with us. Keep Believing Ministries. You sent me this list of verses. Why don't you pick out one of the most important ones on that list you sent and tell me
1: why it shows the sovereignty issue. All right. Let me, uh, let me give you two, okay? Because we, yeah. want to keep, we want to keep this in good balance. Let's take Proverbs 11, verse 10. And this has to do with how we ought to think about choosing our leaders when the righteous thrive, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. That's so interesting. You can find three or four other verses like that in the book of Proverbs. That it is a really good thing when righteous, godly people are in positions of leadership. And, you know, you have this other verse, but when the wicked are in power, people groan. So it is absolutely right, Chris, that we should work toward and pray for righteous, godly leaders. We ought to vote that way, work that way, pray that way. It ought to be, it, ought, it should have been in our minds when we went to vote in this election. Lord, all up and down, give us, give us righteous, godly people who truly fear you. So that's one side of it. We ought to care about that. Then you've got Daniel chapter two, verse 21. Daniel, you know, the, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar and nobody could interpret it, and then Daniel goes to the Lord, and the Lord gives him the answer. And this is what Daniel says. He, the Lord, controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. That's just a simple statement. Our God is sovereign. He's sovereign over who is ruling, who's not. He sets up one king. He brings down another. But you know what that verse doesn't tell us? Chris, is how God does it. Now, sometimes he does it through just a king, a king dies and another king comes to power. Often it happens as a result of war. Here in America, we make our decisions for the most part on the basis of elections. I think if we look at Daniel 2.21, what we have to say is that the American people vote, and yet God's will is going to be done. He's going to give us the leader either we need or the leader we deserve, and at this moment in history. He is sovereign. He stands behind all the workings of man. He he stands behind our decisions to accomplish his will in this world. I think that's what the sovereignty of God means, which ought to give us comfort in this moment of uncertainty. And by the way, by the way, I'm enough of a political junkie that during the break, I went on Twitter just to see <laughs> <laughs> just to see what's going on. And nobody knows, <laughs> you know, right. nobody knows just yet what's really, everybody's got a theory, nobody's sure. But there's, again, there's no panic. God's not checking his Twitter account in heaven. Right. He's, he's got this. It's going to be okay. We can sleep well tonight. Which takes us to Tom in Tennessee. Tom, why did you call today?
3: Well, uh, i wanted to ask you about uh you can see, help me with the way i feel about the election um i feel very strongly that christians should not be voting for pro-abortion candidates especially the ones that are wanting us to pay for the privilege of them killing babies and uh it, i had some conversations with friends and it's hard just to laugh it off like y'all sort of do and say oh uh, you know they're my Christian brother and sister, and after this big disagreement, we go off and have coffee together. It's kind of hard when people don't s- seem to be really taking very taking it very seriously. And then in the last um, week or two uh, before the election, I noticed that on the Christian Post website, they had quite a few Christian leaders saying whether they thought if they thought it was okay to vote for Trump or if it's okay to vote for Biden or or if you shouldn't vote for either one. Uh, And it really disturbed me that one of the biggest named writers and speakers in my denomination came out saying it was okay to vote for the Democrats, which, you know, abortion isn't the only thing that they're doing that's ungodly, but it is. And, you know, and the Republicans do some bad things too, but abortion is the only one where you're actually killing people.
0: Uh, Okay, Tom, so let me anyway, ask you a question. Yeah. You, you said, you said a little earlier that we're kind of laughing it off and, and then saying go out and have coffee with people. Let, let me, let me ask you this. Um, and I'm trying to not take this too personally. So I'm not, <laughs> um, what do you suggest after the, 11, let's, let's say tomorrow, The candidate that you think would would uh, foster more life rather than not, if that candidate loses, what are you going to do with that person across the street or in the same pew as you or in your family who disagrees with you? Are you going to never speak with them again or are you going to? Uh, try to argue them into agreeing with how do you how do you treat that other person who disagrees with you
3: well i would still try to t- treat them nicely but i don't really feel comfortable if we've had a big discussion about something this serious and and they're doing something that i think is wrong i wouldn't feel right about saying well that what you're doing is okay you know that you know, I wouldn't feel too good about that. But hopefully, right. we could still be friends. That what that what kind of bothering about your discussion? Y'all were laughing so much, and you read a letter from somebody who said that, that they had talks with a neighbor, and then they, um, I I forget how you put it anyway, but it's something about
0: it was a
2: coffee with them. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, they're, they're having like
2: bagels.
0: Uh, my neighbor and I have opposite political views. We stand socially distant across the hydrangeas. And the reason I laughed at that is because it's such a great picture of somebody right next to you. You live right, you know, it's a neighbor that lives right next to you. To put this, we, we socially distance across hydrangeas from each other and thrash out our polarized viewpoints at least once a week. So they're at loggerheads about, and maybe the same issue that you're calling about today, too. We, we always part with affirmations of love and Christian brother slash sisterhood. We're having bagels after work. So your political views don't distance me from you as having the image of God in you. Now, if I, if I smile at the hydrangeas, I'm not going to apologize for smile, smiling at the hydrangeas, but I, I think I think this topic of is God sovereign? Is He working out His plan on this earth in the middle of a really difficult election? I think part of the the laughter is just the release of oh we're we're not going to have to get you know do all the things that we've been doing for the last uh, year or
1: two. Uh, Ray, jump in here. What do you think? Well, two or three things. Uh, number one, um, Chris, you and I are not talking on the air about how you voted or how I voted. That's not the topic of today's conversation. But I i think we both have very strongly felt views on the issues of the day. I know that I certainly do. My next-door neighbor, uh, l- let me just say with absolute certainty, I know from talking to him, he's on the other end of the spectrum from me. He didn't vote the way I voted yesterday, and he wouldn't. I'm not having bagels with him, okay? There's no hydrangeas between me and him, (laughs) but uh, he's a good guy and I like him. We don't agree at all on the direction America should take. Uh, And I think, I think, I think maybe one thing we ought to say is there are some people, depending on how the election comes out, that maybe you should, there are some people, Chris, we can love better from a distance Mm -hmm. for a while. We can still love them, but it's better for the moment, not to try to love them up close and personal. A lot of us aren't going to be able to go out and have bagels with somebody. I mean, and God bless, God bless the person you're talking about, Chris, but not all of us can do that in a way. You got to know your own limits. You got to know the other person. There's some, I'm thinking of something I can't say on the air, but there's some people really close to Marlene and me that we love very much. But right now we just can't talk to them very much. And it's just better that way. And I think down the road and maybe not too far down the road, we can talk to them again. And sometimes you love people by what you say. And maybe sometimes you love them by what you choose not to say, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think it's compounded what Tom is touching on is a lot of people feel the same. There is this nerve there that this is what God has on his heart. And I am voting with that in mind. And I don't understand why people, especially who named the name of Christ would disagree with this over here, you know, with this position that I have. So Tom, I'm really glad that you called 877-548-3675. The sovereignty of God and the election of 2020. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry live. Dr. Ray Pritchard is with us. Thanks for your support at the Radio Backyard Fence. If you give a gift to each month and become a Back Fence partner, then you receive my Back Fence post every Thursday and some other neat kind of things. Just go to the website. You can find out more about then on how to be a Back Fence partner or a Back Fence friend. Our gift to friends. And if you're a partner, here's the other thing. You can request the, uh, the gift for friends each month. Knowing God by J.I. Packer. So, to find out more, just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Chrisfabrylive.org. We're talking about the sovereignty of God in the election. Uh, Rose is in New York. Rose, why'd you call today?
4: I started hearing your conversation about um, God is sovereign, and it brought my recollection to someone at the church who had said, It doesn't matter, God is sovereign, who we put in there. And my heart sunk to my feet. And I went away feeling discouraged, so I'm listening to you today, and um, I was writing while you are talking, and this is what I wrote. I believe that God is sovereign and can do anything He wants to. He can change the heart of people to vote one way or another. Like when Trump was voted for before, uh, it was God who turned the hearts of the people towards President Trump. And he, he won. If the people didn't vote, then no one would win in the election, and it would stay the same. I am a Christian. I'll put that in there. Um, so in the Old Testament, many wars and victories were won by the hand of God, supernaturally or by wars, where he said to Joshua, Go and take the land. Other times with Elijah, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There's more, and so forth, when I could go on and on. So what what I'm saying is, yes, God is sovereign. He doesn't know the outcome, but he does expect his people and uh, other people to go and vote so we can have that outcome. And God will be sovereign in the end. So. I think people use that too much as a, a, a way to say, well, we can't be saved if it's not God's will, and they just use that phrase all the time. Okay? Yeah. That's what I want to say.
1: I'm glad you did, Rose. Uh, Ray, go ahead, respond. Boom. Boom. She, <laughs> Chris, she said it better than you, and I have been trying to say it for, for this whole program. I mean, she's exactly, exactly right. God gives us a will. He gives us a voice. He gives us a choice. And even like the way she gave it from the Old Testament, sometimes God says, "Pick up your pick up your swords, go into battle. I will give you the victory. And sometimes he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And both are part of God's great sovereignty. It's the reason we pray, it's the reason we give, it's the reason we witness, and yes, it's the reason we go and vote, and we take our Christian biblical convictions with us into the voting booth. We vote, and we walk away, and I hope we can feel confident that God is going to work in with and through our vote and the vote of everybody else, and ultimately his will is going to be done, even if... I personally feel some sense of disappointment. Look, in my long life of voting, I think i voted in every presidential election since 1976, and I can tell you, uh, I've won some and I've lost some, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and yeah. that's okay. God is sovereign. I'm going to live with, uh, I, and I'm going to live with whatever the result of this election is, whether it's uh, a happy one or a sad one, from my point of view. And I'm still going to try to get up and say, "This is the day the Lord has made." I will rejoice and be glad in it. I think this election
0: is a litmus test for our heart and what we are really trusting in. Meaning if you you do what you can do and if I don't do yard signs and I don't do the stuff on the car and I I I I, I vote and I make myself aware of the of the issues that are out there and I do that but at the end of the day I have to let go of that and allow God to take, you know, take control of that. My hope is in him. It's not in the prince that, you know, that is elected or to the others. But having said that, on the other side of this, there are consequences to everything that we choose for good or ill. So I take Tom's uh, call and his, his opinion of, you know, uh, very gravely that a a one decision or the other may have dire consequences. Go back to 1860 and think, what would have happened if Abraham Lincoln had not been elected at that point? We'd, we'd see a different country. So to say that the election, had, it doesn't really matter, God's going to do what he's going to do, y- you, you could look through history and see those
1: things, even from 76 till now, right? Well, Let's go. Let me give you another verse, Chris. How about this? Psalm twenty, verse seven: Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Which, interpreted by me, means: Give the vol- give the politicians your vote. Don't give them your soul. The mm. soul belongs to the Lord. Our ultimate allegiance is to Christ and His kingdom. And we go. We pray. We think about it we vote and we vote for biblical principles including uh, as it was mentioned earlier the right to life we vote we 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 vote uh, in favor of life we 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 stand for that i make no apologies for yes. that but in the end of it all our trust is in the name of the lord so vote vote but remember philippians 3 our citizenship is in heaven do your part as a citizen of the united states here on earth And remember, you are ultimately a citizen of heaven and we're called to live by heaven's standards. So that's why, uh, I I keep, I keep talking about going to bed and getting a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Well, we need that, Chris. Maybe tonight we won't get such a good night's (laughs) sleep. It's going to be a long night. But in the end, I think if we are, if, if we are following what the Bible says, we're going to care deeply. It's going to matter. It's going to be worth fighting for. But underneath that is a bedrock trust and confidence in God. And because we have confidence in him, we're still going to be able to sleep well and leave the results in his hands. I read the book of Habakkuk today because I didn't i didn't realize only three chapters. <laughs> I'd
0: forgotten that. And in the first chapter, there's a lot about the Chaldeans who God is going to use to come in and do some really serious things bad things from Habakkuk's perspective and here's what it says about them their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves and then that's the seventh verse part of the seventh verse in the 11th verse it says their strength is their god and it went well for the Chaldeans for for a while and then it didn't um I don't want my view of justice and sovereignty to stem from me. I don't want my strength to be in me or in the people that I vote for. I want it to be, that's what this has all been about, Ray. I want it to be where it deserves to be, and that is the God who loved us enough to die for us,
1: right? Well, the the, the real hope for America isn't in the white house the real hope for america is the good news of the gospel of jesus christ and friends let's hold on to that let's vote let's take a stand for what is right and let's remember it's the gospel that saves and changes it's the gospel that's the power of god for salvation hold on to that we will be okay uh, somebody posted this on facebook our
0: greatest need today is not for political power but for the power of the Holy Spirit, political power can change leaders, but it can't change hearts. It can win an election, but it can't save a life. And I think you posted that on your, uh, yeah. your Facebook. So, Ray, thanks a lot. that hey. has been encouraging today. God Thank bless you. Thank you, Chris. Go out there and vote. <laughs> Go out there and vote and trust in the God who is sovereign over all of this. I don't understand how all that works, uh, even though we've had an hour here conversing about it but i know it's true and rest in that come on back tomorrow for chris fabry live production of moody radio a ministry of moody bible institute